guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Well, again, we hear in our gospel some important words that come from the mouth of Peter just a couple weeks ago, reflecting on Peter's almost crestfallen confession. Lord, yeah, we're not going to leave you. Where else would we go? Today's gospel, a fuller confession of, of a well-founded faith that you are, in fact, the, the Messiah, the one who God has chosen, anointed, and sent. And the, the way in which that still needs to be purified, of course, that Peter's judging in, in a way that human beings do rather than as God does. An important opportunity to reflect on what it means for us today to make a choice about who Jesus is. I suggest to you that the way we confess our faith in Christ as the Messiah is by how we suffer. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says to his disciples, those who say to me, Lord, Lord, are not the ones who will be saved, but the ones who do what I command them. Merely saying or confessing aloud, proclaiming that Jesus is Lord, though important, isn't sufficient for salvation. In fact, it is our choices, how we, how we respond to his call. And I would suggest to you that he tells us exactly what matters to him most in our gospel reading today. When we are uh, presented for our final judgment before the Lord, what will we be able to, to show him? What merits, in other words, will we have in order to be able to say, Lord, this is why I am someone um, who has built his life around you and not around himself? What will those things be? All of the, all of the, the works of mercy that he's commanded, right, to feed the hungry, the things that we have given to the poor, the money that we have lent without expectation of repayment, the enemies that we've loved and forgiven, the cup of cold water that we've given to a little one because he is a disciple of Jesus. All of those things certainly will be things that will, will endure into eternity. But what Jesus points to here in the gospel aren't the positive acts of meriting that he finds most important. It's the things that we suffer for love of him. It's the things that we suffer for love of him that matter the most. The call of the gospel to take up the cross is one that defines the Christian life for us. We can't ignore this. Our life as Christians in, in a very real way is defined by our approach to suffering. How do we suffer? Do we suffer well? Do we, do we understand that our suffering isn't just a test imposed on us? Certainly not a punishment by an arbitrary and tyrannical God, but a preparation, a means of being drawn into the divine life that will allow us, when we do pass into eternity after our death, to breathe the air of heaven, to speak the language. Often remind folks during baptisms that being baptized isn't a matter of simply joining a club 
It's something much more like learning a language, becoming fluent in the things of faith. And that requires a community. I don't learn English by myself, but I'm drawn into it simply by being a member of this community, this English-speaking community. And of course, the danger is that in the language of faith, we are in exile from our heavenly home. We don't live in our, in, our, in our home country. And so we've come to learn another language, the language of the world. The danger is that we forget our heavenly home. The danger is we lose the capacity to speak the language of our homeland. And the terrifying thought is that we would return there as a foreigner, unable to communicate, unable to participate, but dumbly observing, wishing we knew what was happening, but excluded by our own ignorance. So it is in the Christian life that we embrace suffering so to be prepared like a kind of vocabulary lesson for the life of heaven. Not because heaven will be full of suffering, but because we will learn what it means to be conformed to Jesus. What it means to be given over completely to the will of the Father. That's the only way we learn that lesson. I can, I can convince myself that I'm doing God's will very easily when I'm having a good time, when things are going great. But I am absolutely not mistaken when in a situation of suffering that I would much rather not have to endure, I choose out of love for the Lord to say, I will, I will bear with this because I love you. Because you have sent this to me and I accept it as a gift. Our life here below is the place of meriting and therefore it is a place of suffering. When people accuse us Catholics of thinking we're going to earn our way to heaven because of all of, our, all of our merits, all of our works, we have to correct that misapprehension. Yes, we do merit, but we merit by suffering out of love. That's what matters to God. Oftentimes, in accompanying people through the process of laying their loved ones to rest after death, particularly after long illness, I will often hear the phrase, we're sad that she's gone, but at least she's not suffering anymore. And the thought crosses my mind, how do you know? How do you know there's no suffering after death? Even for those who are saved, right? I'm not talking about hell, I'm talking about Purgatory. We believe that purgatory exists and we suffer there as a purification before we enter into heaven. Not as a punishment where God's going to extract every little bit of justice left out of us to make sure we feel it. But because we can't enter into heaven without that purification. To do so would be painful beyond reckoning. It would be a kind of hell to enter into the divine presence with some stain or attachment to sin, attachment to creatures that displaces our love for God. The difference between suffering here below and suffering in purgatory is that there we know, well, we're, we're going to heaven. There's no danger of us slipping into uh, 
into damnation any longer. We're safe. Christ has saved us. Here we still are in danger of turning away from God's will. But the second reason that the suffering of purgatory is different is that there it will be perfectly clear to us why we are suffering and how this suffering is purifying us. And for that reason, it's far less valuable than the suffering that we embrace in trust here below. Our suffering here is far more valuable than the suffering that we will go through in purgatory to be purified after death. Our suffering here below requires trust. It's the means that God is using to restore those flaws and sins and lack of trust that we suffer on account of our first parents, which is the nature of all sin, a lack of trust in God's goodness. The saints testify of the power of suffering. St. Mary Magdalene of Pazzi, a hermit who dedicated her life to penance and mortification, speaks about the power of suffering. He says, pardon me, let me find the exact quote that I'm looking for. If we knew the just value of suffering for God, it would become an object for plunder. That is to say, each one of us would seek an opportunity of robbing his neighbor of the occasions for suffering. She said, I want my life to be prolonged as long as possible rather than to get to die and go to heaven because in heaven I can't suffer anymore. To her and to the saints, to be able to suffer for love of Jesus was the greatest possible form of existence. I invite you this week to proclaim your faith in Jesus as the Messiah, not as man judges, but as God judges, by embracing some form of suffering in your life, by embracing your cross. What are the things you complain about the most? Maybe justifiably. Identify what those are and pray that you will have the presence of mind and a love for God that will allow you to look at that situation, however ridiculous it might be, and be willing to suffer it for love of Jesus. In this way, may you become someone not who simply says, Lord, Lord, you are the Messiah, but one who lives it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.